Good evening all, and how are the lads? Welcome back. I have a good one for you now, right? Recently, I the whole body clock has had to change, right? When I was in college, I used to be like a pure night owl, because I used to work nights, and, you know, you'd never see me before 10 or maybe even 11 in the morning, but you would see me, you know, at 2 and 3 a.m. and maybe even 4 and 5 if we're going well, like, you know. So there's been a big body clock change. I've had to get used to the, you know, the 7 a.m. starts as well. And I kind of, I was worried at the start. I was like, you know, Will I sleep in and will I miss my alarm? Because I'm brutal for missing alarms. I didn't want to be late to the laptop or late to work or anything like that. But no fear. Because what I've realised is that I'm above in like, we've like a converted attic in the house. Right? Thanks to the siblings for taking over. My old room is gone. So I'm above in the in the attic here now. And we have like, a, you know those Velux windows in the ceiling kind of thing. And it's directly facing the bed. And about maybe half six, seven in the morning, the sun just straight in. So if I wake up, I haven't a hope in hell of getting back to sleep. So not a fear, not a fear of me sleeping in. No worries at all. Up, literally, literally up now at the crack of dawn. So big changes about the place here. But anyway, welcome to episode five. I hope you're all keeping well. I hope you're enjoying the audio journey so far. And you're all very welcome. Today's episode is inspired, you could say, by a conversation I had on a podcast there a few weeks ago. I was on the uh, the Building Men podcast with two wonderful gentlemen, uh, Anthony and Dennis Moralda, two brothers. That episode will probably come out, I'd say, um, probably around the same time as this. We had a great chat. Uh, it's called the Building Men Podcast. If any of you are interested, you should give it a listen. It is probably aimed more at a male audience, uh, but it's a superb podcast. We had a great chat, a really good in-depth chat, and a very casual, you know, informal chat as well. It was very enjoyable. And we got chatting about... You know, we t- anyone who's heard my interviews on the radio and such, you, you kind of know the topics. We talked about mental health and, and we talked a lot about my journey with anorexia. And one of the brothers, Anthony, he's a personal trainer. So we talked a good bit in depth about the gym and, and my journey with that and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I talked about how, you know, when I got to 15, I, I, you know, I got the bit between, what's the phrase? The bit between my teeth with the weights and I wanted to get as strong as I could and as big as I could. And, and I talked about how, you know, as I got bigger and stronger, there, there came a great self-esteem with it. And I felt, not that I felt very, very confident, but I felt very, very comfortable in my own skin, you know. And it, you know, it was a healthy addiction in a sense. The stronger I got, the stronger I wanted to get, you know. And Anthony made, he made a, a very, very uh, good point. He said that, especially if it's the gym, you know, or, or if you're a track athlete, you know, a, a sport where, or something where, you know, there's numbers involved and things can be, can be measured you know, down to the decimal point. When you do something like that, it's very easy to base your happiness or part of your mood around your performance. And that's natural as athletes and with competitiveness and all that sort of thing. But as you get older, as you leave your prime, maybe later in life, 30s and 40s, you know, it's almost inevitable that that number will stop climbing or maybe go down. Or if it's the case of running or swimming, it'll, it'll you know, times your time will go up. You know, you'll deteriorate as you leave your prime. And that can be very, very hard to deal with. You know, if so much of your young life has been spent being proud and being happy with your strength and your fitness, it can be hard to accept that deteriorating in later life, which is just, I suppose, a natural part of being human. And he asked me, you know, had I had I thought about that or, you know, or, you know, what was my thoughts on that? It was a brilliant question. I, I was so glad, you know, that he uh, that he brought it up. And I thought about it, you know, between 15 and 18 or maybe even 15 and 20. 
for me, the gym was everything. Uh, like if I had a good training session, if I had a good week of training, then I had a good week. You know, I'd be in flying form. It wouldn't matter how stressful school was or college or, or part-time work. If I had a good week of training, uh, then I had a good week. That was that was all that mattered. And, you know, if I had a bad competition, uh, the thing with powerlifting is you can have six months of solid training. You know, you can do everything right, but then something can go wrong on the day. You're dehydrated, you haven't slept enough, stress levels can come in and all these different things. And the day of your meet, the day of your competition, it just doesn't go well. And, you know, it doesn't properly reflect the six months of good work and good progress you've put in. But now, you know, you might go to the next meet or the meet after and things can go very well and then your work is reflected. But that's just the cruelty of sport. We all have our bad days, you know, and the pressure can kick in and the, ner- the nerves and all that sort of thing. So if I had a bad competition, I'd be in a bad mood for a month, like, you know. So it, it really had a big bearing on my mood. The gym really was everything. But when I got to 20, 21, 22, things began to change a little bit. I still loved the gym. I still love the gym now. I love it to bits. But your priorities change a bit. Like for me, the book came out and the mental health journey began as well. And other things like you finish college and, and you start thinking about your career path. And, you know, you grow up in a sense. Not to say that focusing on your athletic career or focusing on a sport is a childish thing to do. Not at all. But you do begin to realise that it, it is a hobby, you know, if, if you don't intend to pursue it professionally. And you begin to look at, you know, your other avenues of your life. And that's just natural. You know, and I begin to priority began to shift away from it a bit you know and I've kind of accepted that when I was younger the gym was top priority and it's it's probably never going to be top priority again and that's just the reality of getting older and and gaining responsibility in life and I've been able to accept that and I've been able to I suppose realize that and I I mentioned this point on on the podcast with them I said I began to realize that strength isn't just a number strength is a broad base in a sense you know it's not just the weight you can lift it's it's other things it's other areas of life it's doing what you have to do in the world of work it's doing what you have to do you know with your college and your academics and 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 different things you know it's it's taking care of matters in other areas you know strength is far more than just just physical and Anthony you know he agreed with me and and he said that he he complimented me on I suppose coming to that conclusion very young because it, it is it is a difficult conclusion to come to, you know, it's very difficult to accept it, you know, especially as, as a young man, and it can be even harder to accept as you get older. But, it, you know, we had a great conversation, but it got me thinking, it got me thinking afterwards about the the idea of strength, and, you know, I thought, what is strength? And I was at a funeral um, around the same time, you know, a few weeks ago, and this really got me thinking further. You know, I was it was the grandmother of, of a friend of mine who were at the funeral, and you know, you looked around the church, of course, you know, scarce numbers with, with COVID, but you could still see, you could see the effect that, you know, I think you can see the effect of, you know, what you leave behind in a sense. You know, you could tell that everyone in the church was deeply impacted by the loss of this individual. And, you know, there were stories told, the priest gave a lovely sermon, he talked about the lady's life in question, and he talked about how this lady, she went to England very, very young, as people did in the past, for work and things like that. And she was a woman of great organisation. She was a woman, you know, she was a secretary of this, that and the other. And she was organiser of this and that. And, you know, she was never afraid to take on responsibility. But she was also very welcoming, this lady. And what she did was in, in, in later years in England, you know, maybe after being there for a while, she began to open her doors to other people from Ireland who were coming over to England, who were making that transition and that move. And she provided accommodation and lodgings for them 
you know, while they got on their feet in England. And I thought to myself, what a wonderful, you know, giving thing to do. What character do, to do that and, and to open your doors and to make that difficult transition for people so much easier. And what really spearheaded the, the entire, I suppose, ceremony was, you know, the, the priest picked out what was his favourite, I suppose, story from this lady's past was there was one particular Christmas Eve where a family of 12 arrived on this woman's doorstep. They were homeless. They had nowhere to go. And this lady, you know, invited, welcomed this family into her home and shared Christmas with them. And I thought, what a wonderful thing to do, because if you think about it, you know, we have a limited number of years on this planet and therefore we have a limited number of Christmases. And, you know, anyone who's had a bad Christmas, anyone who has lost a relative around Christmas or who has been very sick at Christmas, you don't forget it very, very easily. Because Christmas is such a very special time that we, you know, we remember a good one, but we will certainly remember a bad one. And I thought, what an incredible thing for her to do, especially a family, a homeless family that had children, to be so welcoming and to make that Christmas for them so much more special. And I came away from that funeral thinking to myself, strength is far more than something physical. Strength is character. Strength is being giving. Strength is that open-armed approach. It's the arm around the shoulder of someone who needs it. Character is being positive in the face of adversity. Character and, and strength is doing what you need to do to move forward and, and to get past you know, life's obstacles. And it made me realise that a lot of us exhibit far more strength than we realise. And those around us exhibit and share far more strength than we give them credit for. Strength is an attitude. Strength is an element of positivity. Strength is an outlook as much as it is an attribute. So my final message is, lads, keep doing what you can for others. Keep showing that strength. Be there when those need it. Be there, you know, when the chips are down for other people. And keep doing the right thing. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Another, another shorter day at the office. I suppose somewhat of a flying thought is this was the theme of today's episode. But thank you all for tuning in. And I hope to see you all next time. Good night, lads. And God bless.